Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Good evening and welcome to another edition, another Wednesday night of Touchy Gooners. It's your boy SV Carboholic on hosting duties and I am joined by my big brother Shabs. How are you doing tonight, fella? Yo, I'm all right, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You're good, yeah. You're good. You got you got that boy and Shayo right there with you. you boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I think just a just a few quick housekeeping rules before we get underway. Um, yeah, join the conversation using hashtag touchline fracas. Um, we've got some good Patreon com- uh, content coming up on Telemans, on Jesus, and possibly on Skamaka as well. So if you're going to be interested in the additional content, um, feel free to sign up. It's only from £3 a month, but if you don't, we love you regardless. Thank you for tuning in. Just tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, and yeah, I'm sure, you know, the transfer window opens on Friday officially. So, you know, there's going to be loads. It's going to be a long summer. It's going to be a long summer. We're already tired from these Jesus links every week, every week. But it is what it is, man. We're here to plug you, the listeners, to give you guys the content. So, yeah. So what we're going to discuss tonight, actually... Um, Arteta um, dropped some quotes a few weeks back where he spoke about he wanted to have a big squad. He wanted to have a squad of um, 22 outfield players and three goalkeepers. Now, that comment is interesting because, one, in my opinion, you know, during his time here, Arteta hasn't been the best at rotating. He hasn't been the best at, you know, um, maybe giving some players a bit of time off where, you know, uh, maybe where they could have not approached the red zone. You know, we're thinking of guys like Tierney, Party here. Um, and even Saka, who who played all 38 games this season. But, you know, we got to remember, even though he's our star, but he's only 20, he's going to need to be um, taken out um, from time to time next season, especially in a World Cup year where the World Cup's sandwiched in the middle of the season. Um, so before we, we go position by position, Shabs, yeah, what's your quick thoughts on, you know, Arteta's rotation policy and... Um, things where areas where you think he he could improve on that yeah i don't 
he's not good at rotation, in my view. I don't think he's utilised um, his squad very well. He kind of relies on all defaults to players when after something has gone wrong. So, you know, he's kind of cast many guys aside. El Nini's a perfect example of him casting someone aside, you know, and then having to default back to El Nini because he had no other real options. Um, Pepe is an example of someone who I just think he has... We all know Pepe. We've all accepted, you know, Pepe has not delivered on any kind of promise. But when you look at the minutes that he's played this um, past season gone and how much he's been used, there's definitely an argument for him being used more. Um, you know, not, I'm not even saying start more, just used more. Um, and KT is another example of just poor squad rotation and integration. So, yeah, I think this is something that is a deficit for me from him as a coach and he definitely needs to improve on and get and get better at his squad rotation and I, I personally I don't like it I just think like um, you know it, it it leaves players out dry it doesn't ready players it doesn't assist players in getting into the rhythm of games Tavares is another example um, in the season gone where he's just been hot and cold he's been in and had games and actually done decent in some games and then just been out because Tierney's been available. And it's like, yeah, actually, you could have used Tavares more ahead of when you actually needed to use him, you know, which would have, I think, would have, which would have got better out of him. So, yeah, Arteta definitely needs to improve in that aspect for me. Great. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree too much next season. And I think um, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, the five-sub rule comes into effect in the Premier League next season. Obviously, it's been used widespread in Europe and it's good to see because I think it allows you to share games better. It allows you to preserve the legs of games better. It allows you to maybe affect games differently. You know, you know, sometimes you have injuries but and, and that can maybe impact the subs you make otherwise. So you've, you've got a lot more room to play. So I think what you might end up seeing next season is, you know, Big teams, especially stacking their squads with as many good players as possible. So you've got such great options to change it off the bench. You've already seen it with, you know, uh, Liverpool have a massive squad. Chelsea have a massive squad. City, not the biggest squad, but the squad is full of quality essentially anyway. So, and they might try and integrate a few youngsters, you know, who they've got in their academy. You know, we're talking guys like Cole Palmer and stuff oh, next oh, season. Oh, who, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it's definitely going to be one to watch. So I think Arteta will be mindful hopefully he'll be mindful to try and you know do that on our front so try and add as much quality in this window so yeah what we're going to do let's go um, position I, by position sorry yeah I'm just to add quickly on that on that five subs thing i think that's really important for both what we're about to approach but what we touched on before in terms of the squad rotation i think the five subs thing could be peak for us if we do not have the um requisite quality in our in our in our squad because it's beyond just having a, a, a good enough first 11, which I think we have struggled with this season. I think our starting 11 has been just about good enough, depending on which part of the season you were looking at it and depending on who was fit and available. But the squad depth has been an issue. And I think there's so much work to be done in terms of squad depth and rotation options for when the, 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 the main guys are not available. Some main guys who have been pretty unreliable so far um, in, in their Arsenal careers, i.e. Tierney, i.e. Partey. So unless we've got real quality off the bench um, and real strength in depth, I think that five subs thing will be a good thing generally for preserving players and fitness and whatnot. But in terms of us, the quality coming off the bench, I think it could be a really bad thing for us if we don't recruit properly. And I suppose that's what we're going to get into right now, isn't it? 
Yes, absolutely. And Mackie has said, make sure you guys send Edu this tape um, afterwards because he'll, he's confused. Listen, don't worry. The lights are going to be on Senor Edu this season. You know, I don't want to have to go to his lovely home in Hampstead, Hertfordshire, wherever he's based, and have to smash that barbecue over his head if he's not doing his job um, appropriately. Right, cool. So Arteta said he wants uh, a squad of 25 players, 22 outfield and three goalkeepers. Let's do the goalkeepers first because it's not a sign to relitigate on. Ramsdale's number one. Um, We have signed Matt Turner from the MLS, who's going to be coming in as number two. Um, for around five, six million pounds, which is fine. It's not going to impact the budget. Cool. Got no issue with that. Not really watched him, but, you know, we'll judge him upon arrival. So that means, obviously, Leno, we're expecting Leno to go. Um, He has one year left on his deal that expires next summer, so he has to go this summer. And then um, third choice, I'm assuming it will be one of the youngsters, either Quanco or Hein. But the reality is these guys are not going to play any game um, unless there's a significant injury to, to, to one of the first two. So, yeah, all right, let's go centre-back. We have Gabriel and White, um, who have both performed well this season. Obviously, they've had their issues at times, but they're young um, on the whole. But I think as a partnership, we can agree that they've been good, um, you know, and there's room to grow. Good age profile, um, have the relevant attributes we want. It allows us to play a specific style. Um, But we've seen, um, you know, if either one of them are injured or, you know, whatever, COVID or... And we have to play Rapolding. Uh, we saw what happened at the business end of the season uh, when he when he came up against Son in the North London derby. Um, Holding's a low block defender. He struggles when he has to push up high, when he has to defend big swaths of space. So that means we need another profile similar, very similar to Gabriel and White um, to fill in, to rotate accordingly. So it was very pleasing news when we had that information this weekend that Saliba himself announced that he'll be returning to Arsenal following on from Mikel Arteta's quotes. Um, that he'll be returning to Arsenal as well. So that was, I think, very encouraging because obviously a lot of the the discourse around Saliba before um, has been quite vague. You know, it's been left open to interpretation. And I think, you know, this is the first time in a long time we've had clarity, you know, on that kind of situation and it kind of puts to bed rumours. So it allows us to move forward. We've got clarity ahead of next season. So we've got three very good defenders. We can match, mix and match, rotate accordingly. I don't really care which one of them starts us, in my opinion. I think Saliba has the biggest ceiling long-term. But I think between all three of them, you can mix and match and I'll be happy with whichever three starts. I've got no issue there. Do you agree, Shabs? Yeah, I agree. I think I think Saliba definitely adds a level of versatility to our centre-backs, mm-hmm. just in terms of he's a, he's a right-footed centre-back. He can play very comfortable on the right-hand side in the RCB position. We've also seen him out on loan playing and looking very comfortable in the left-sided centre-back position as well. Um, I think he's comfortable on the ball. Um, He's only going to improve. He's obviously strong at carrying the ball out. He's got the height. He's got the athleticism. He's got the physicality. Um, League young French player of the season, um, which was a fantastic, I think, personally, fantastic campaign for him. And yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to be livid if... Saliba isn't our third choice centre back going into the season. Like if we're still seeing holding getting starts and minutes over this guy, I am that is something that is going to rattle me from early doors. Like I'll be honest with you, especially with five subs. I want to see early games of the season. As long as we're comfortable at the back, um, but even if we're not comfortable at the back, I want to see Saliba getting minutes. You know, sure. yeah, it's, 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 
in it's, heavy rotation in cup games. It's, it's, it's a great option. You know, we've seen at times um, Holding was brought on at times to close out games last season. And I think that is the good time to use Holding, you know, when we're in a low block and we're trying to, you know, that's been the good time to use Holding. So, but I agree with you. I think any, any league minutes shouldn't be used on Holding. It should be used in Saliba. And I think everyone else will riot with you in case Saliba is not used. So, cool. Yeah. That's three centre-backs. Holding does make up four centre-backs. Now, I'm not the biggest Rob Holding fan. However, you know, as a 27-year-old centre-back with experience who can, you know, defend in a low block, as a fourth-choice centre-back, I'm not mad at it. Partly because, one, I don't need us to be spending any more money on centre-backs right now. I've seen Arsenal spend too much money on defenders in Arteta's tenure. I need us to be spending that money further forward this summer. So, yeah, that's... I agree, I agree with you entirely. Norm and normally, I'd be saying we need to start uh, easing, holding out, and mm -hmm. I want to bring in a left-footed centre-back, um, mm -hmm. ideally. But I'll be honest with you, right now it's not a priority. To replace yeah. fourth choice, I don't fourth choice centre back, if that's what he is, I don't care about that. It's, it's, I it's, want it's, yeah. Definitely Ben White, Gabriel, and Saliba as a free, as a back two, but mm -hmm. in rotation. In rotation. Abs absolutely, absolutely. So cool. So if we have that and we assume Pablo Mari will go, or he just won't be here next season because he won't. Oh. That's that's the reality. He's, he's not part of the plans. He got sent out on loan in January when we didn't. And we were only left with three centre backs, so we can assume we can safely assume he's not part of the plans anyway. There's no role for him. Yeah. So cool. So we have so we've added four centre backs now. So that takes the numbers up to seven. Let's look at left back now. This is a, a, a key interesting area because this for me is a big area of need for Arsenal because um, Kirintini, fantastic, um, fine when he's fit, no real issues. However. Our season has broken down two seasons in a row at the business end of the season because he's been unfit. Uh, two seasons ago, we moved Jacquer out there and it disrupted what we were trying to do in the midfield. Last season, uh, you know, Tavares wasn't wasn't trusted. Some games he was in, some games he was out. Xhaka was tried there again and we saw what happened in that game against Brighton when Xhaka was moved to left back and we, we looked so lightweight in midfield. So... That needs to to you know to be addressed. Are you are you happy for Tavares to stay, or do you think he needs like a loan? Or so for me, I would I would like to see us buy a left back. But are, are you are you because because I think maybe if we had Champions League, we might have done something there. But maybe is is it maybe can we use because I know some of the other guys were arguing using it you know the Europa League group games as, as an opportunity to develop. Tavares, are you on I, that side? or I agree with that sentiment. Um, I like what David Ade is saying. And funny enough, yeah, it's like we got a mole in the camp. After yesterday's game, German Dan was definitely giving praise to Ram um, at left back. He definitely commented and said he liked him. So I like what David Ade is saying. Um, here for those listening, um, you know, one of, our, one, of, one of our live listeners is just... Um, said we should get Ram. German Dan will definitely approve of him. German LB that will push Tierney. I do think we like Tierney as good as he is. He's not reliable. Um, Tavares, we've seen the best and worst of him in one season. I would persist with Tavares. I'd give him a second season before I acted there. Um, looking at the bigger picture, what does it show? about our recruitment, our broader recruitment strategy and policy if we sign at LB and after one season, we, um, we, we kind of abandon those plans and go and sign another LB. If the left-back coming in is to replace um, Tierney as a starter and relegate Tierney to the bench, then that's one thing. And I'd say, all right, cool. 
let um, Tavares go out on loan. But as things stand, again, I don't want to invest any money there. Um, I think it's a position where we've got adequate cover for across the squad, um, especially if we see some um, loanees returning. Um, I, I wouldn't invest the money there. I would just leave it as it is and use Europa to just get Tavares going and get him some proper minutes. I think Europa will be much easier for Tavares anyway. But yeah, he'd get his games from the Cups and from Europa. So yeah, I, I, I'm not annoyed at that. I'm not angry at that. I could be convinced on that. I think my only issue with that would be if um, Tierney then got injured again, you know, and we've got to rely on Tavares for a period of time because, you know, according to Opta, um, Tierney's only played 56% of league games since he's been here, which is a really, really bad return. So, you know, history tells us Tierney's been here three seasons now. He's going into season four at Arsenal. History tells us Tierney will miss a key part of the season. So are you willing to, you know, bank or gamble on, you know, Tavares playing significant minutes if Tinny gets injured again, which based on history is likely. Yeah, I would, I would bank on it. I would get, I would get, I would gamble. Mm -hmm. I would gamble. I think, um, like I said, we've seen the best and worst of Tavares in one season. There are good bits about Tavares. Tavares should improve this season. I mean, there are some things which just look brainless, but he should improve. Arteta, if he's worth his salt in coaching, in coaching badges, he should improve him. Um, you know, so I, I would take the chance with him. It's not a, it's not an, it's not a critical area for me. I know the talks about Aaron Hickey. I'm not sold on him. Um, Ram, I saw him yesterday, but I don't know how good. He might be played well yesterday against England, but I'm not sure how well he could how, how good he is. I didn't really know about this guy before yesterday. Um, I wouldn't make I wouldn't be decisive there right now. I don't think we need to. Okay, cool. Um, let's <laughs> uh, I'll op Babs. Yep, um, right. Let's let's move to right back. Um, so we're up to nine now in terms of squad shabs. Yeah, so we're moving to right back now. So Tomiyasu, we all love. Um, fine, very good player. Um, he did miss four months this season, and that is a concern. Um, and you know, when you look through some of his previous medical history at Bologna, he does seem to have similar to Tierney a history of missing games. Um, now, this is a, is a worry for me because I like I like Tommy Asu. I think he's a good player. I think he does fantastic stuff, fantastic work in terms of build up because of, because of the fact he's ampy, uh, you know he can use both feet adequately um, and he's fantastic and dominant in dual. So I've got no issue with Tommy Asu. My issue, um, according to the Athletic, is that Arsenal are happy <laughs> with Cedric as backup. Now, this for me is a big big issue. You know, uh, Dan Coogs made the point, and I think I even agree, Cedric might even be a bigger problem than Tavares is. Do you know what I mean? You've got a yeah. tiny right back here yeah. who, who, who cannot replicate what Tommy Yasu can do. And I think he's white, one quite one-dimensional in terms of build-up as well. So I just think, yeah, man, I'm worried there, especially if Tommy Yasu gets injured again. Cedric is a big mess up. Ginormous mess up. <laughs> Cedric's a mess, honestly. And we saw it really told. It really told. I don't know why we've done that Cedric business. You know, if I if I'm if I'm keeping it a buck, my reading from the very reliable the athletic at the time was that we took him out on loan, we had a gentleman's agreement to sign him regardless, but we done the loan deal and then went back 
that was pathetic from the club, in my view. Um, you know, the loan signing, I don't think, was 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 remarkable when we had him for the six months. I don't think he showed me anything which warranted or deserved us signing him. We ended up signing him anyway to not breach a gentleman's agreement with bloody Southampton. Southampton would do business with us any day of the week if the money's right, I'll be honest with you. So, I don't know. I get integrity and all of that stuff there. I don't think we should have been going and putting out no gentleman's agreement or no bloody Cedric. Um, even more concerning for me when we have Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who I think is still... Um, I don't know if there's a way back for him, but I would love for there to be a way back for him and I would love for him... I think he's a more than able deputy at right back and left back um, and I would still take a chance on him there. Otherwise... Run me Jed Spence, please. Run me Jed Spence. And also, it's a tough one because I think um, Brooke Norton Cuffey as well, although he's played in League One, he's made a case. You know, there is a question about whether you can hack it at this level. Um, we, 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 we still don't know, but he's come off the back of a good season with Lincoln. And, um, and yeah, he's a young, promising player. There's athleticism about him. Um, I think there's he's made a case to be tested in cup games and let's see what he can produce. But if you want something that's a bit more short, I already think we've got an internal solution in Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I would ship Cedric out. And if we're looking at buying someone, bringing someone in, I'd say bring me, run me Jed Spence all day long. I, I it's, it's, it's interesting. You, you raised a few different things there. I like um, Brooke Norton Coffee. Obviously, he got really, really good rave reviews at um, Lincoln. I like his profile for an 18 year old. This guy physically is off the charts. He looks really good. But even technically, I liked what I saw of him off either yeah. foot as well. Had some good assists, scored as well while he was down there. So it was a very, very productive loan for him. Like you said, it's tough to know if we are ready to, you know, give him a chance. But but maybe Europa, especially in the group stages, it, it might not be the worst option to try him out there to see what he's like. I think, mm. I think um, alternatively, another option as well is bearing in mind how Arteta likes to use the right-back in terms of being a third centre-back and a centre-mid in build-up. Do you think there's kudos to maybe using either Saliba or White in that role at times? I would probably be even more willing to do that than seeing Cedric myself personally. Um, but I get it's a tough one because I'd like to have a different profile to Tommy Asude, you know, more of an offensive hey. right-back. Um, hey. And that's where I, I think, you know, there might be merit in giving maybe someone like um, a Brook six months until Jan and then maybe loaning him for the for the last six months. So there's questions there. So that one is, for me, I would do something, um, although I, I don't know if Arteta is going to do something. If we believe the Athletic, they said they're happy with him yeah. and um, he will stay. But for me, that, that that's a concern, like I said, because if we are, we our first two choice fullbacks are fine, but what's behind them? And we saw what happened at the business end of the season, it's a big, big downgrade in quality, big, big downgrade in terms of build-up, and it hurt us. So, and I think it would be stupid to do that again, going in relying on that again this season. So, um, for me, I would do something there. I don't know if they will. Um, or, like I said, even if, you know, you don't want to buy there, like you said, the internal solutions, maybe Ainsley, maybe one of White or Saliba out there at times with Tommy Asu. Those are all, for me, better options than using Cedric. I, I'm really not trying to see Cedric next season. But I know we will, but I don't want to see him. Yeah. And I, and I think just a point on the point that you made, I think this is where we got our um, left, our recruitment at left-back wrong with Tavares because I like Tavares's physical profile. Um, however, I think, again... 
he's a similar uh, player to Tierney in terms of getting forward, being able to get forward. So he gives us more on that side. And I think that's not what we needed at um, left back. I think you want to alternate. You want to have one attacking option and one more conservative option on both sides. And I think that's where we got that wrong. I would have liked a left uh, back who could also tuck in and cover at times and a right back who's a backup for Tomiyasu, who's a bit more adventurous so that we can diversify the threats and it's not so predictable throughout the course of the season. And um, so that, that that's what it is for me. Um, I, and I like the idea of Ainsley Maitland. Like, I think this is a dead giveaway from in terms of character numbers. But for me, in our squad next season, Ainsley Maitland-Niles gets into it because he's one player who I think gives us depth, which I trust in at least three positions, you know, and that for me is right back, left back, and um, and um, centre mid, if we really, really need him. And I trust him more at right back than I do Cedric. I trust him more at left back than I do uh, Tavares, who would always mostly been used as a left wing back, but yeah, I still would trust him there more than Tavares. And I trust him more at centre mid than uh, El Neni, than Lakonga, than a couple of other guys. So, yeah, he... He is one for me. But yeah, I've given a range of options there. I don't know if it helps with the numbers, but yeah, I'm keeping it I, 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 I don't disagree with you. I, I, I'm i not convinced we're going to see stuff here, but I would like to, even if it's like internal. Unfortunately, I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles' goose at Arsenal is probably cooked, um, especially as he, he's out of contract next summer. So he's probably done. I expect him to probably go this summer, which is a shame as I've always liked Ainsley. But um, it is what it is. Wishing well. Right, that's taken our numbers up to 11. So we have 14 places now left. How I'm going to do this now, the central midfield area, um, knowing obviously during the season, we switched around December time from a double pivot to a midfield three. So I'm going to include, you know, everyone who's possibly played in the midfield three here. And I'm probably going to include ESR in this, even though for, for purposes, he played more as a forward this season. But... He also plays centre mid at times. So because of that, I'm going to include him in the midfield, yeah? So with that, I'm going to list out... So even before I, li even before I list that out, let's just uh, quickly... It's uh, Guendouzi, gone. We know he's gone. Torreira, contract's out next season. We know he's going. Um, have I missed anyone? Who, have I missed anyone out? Ainsley, you can class as that. We know he's going. Um, so cool. Those three, that's gone. Right, so let me list. Thomas Partey. Mm. Granite Xhaka. Yeah. Uh, Albert Sambi Lokonga. Yeah. Martin Erdegaard. Yeah. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe. Yeah. And Mohamed Delneni. Delneni, yeah. Right. Six so players. currently, one, two, three, four, that's six players I've given you. Yeah. So that, yeah. That, that takes our numbers up to 17. Up to 17. Mm -hmm. So we have one, two, three. Yeah. So we have six options for three midfield places currently. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you can agree on that. Yeah. So. But we know that we are in the market for a centre mid. Um, yeah. That will take our numbers up to seven central midfielders for um, those three places. Now, in an ideal world, a lot of us would have liked to see Elneny go and, um, you know, replaced with more of a competitive midfielder, especially someone who can recreate um, what party can do. Because obviously, similar to Tierney and Tomiyasu, as we've spoken about, um, Party is someone who has availability availability issues as well. We've seen that in his two seasons here. When yeah. he's fit, great. But history tells us again that at some point he's going to miss a significant portion of the season. And yeah. Arteta has chosen 
to um, Arteta has chosen to combat that by adding um, El Nen to give giving El Nenny um, uh, an additional mm-hmm. year. So yeah. in that, so we can assume, even though we don't agree with it, and you know the whole group doesn't agree with it, we can assume that in the single pivot that El Nenny will be replacing Party if Party misses significant game time, right? And so as much as I'd like to relitigate and talk about how like a Basuma, it's pointless at this stage because we know we're not going to get someone like him. Um, and, you know, Party and um, Party and El Nenny are the guys we are relying on. But let's look at the two eight positions ahead of that. Um, because I have a feeling someone like a Lokonga might be used as an eight next season, just because, you know, in the times he was tried as a six, it was a catastrophic shit show. And, you know, he fell out of favour by the end of the season. Um, but obviously, he's a long-term investment. So we've got Lokonga, we've got Erdegaard, we've got ESR, we've got Xhaka. And, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, the heavy centre mid-link has been Yuri Tielemans, who we've been linked with. So uh, before I get on to, you know, go around and welcome German Dan, um, <laughs> how do we look at those options there? And... You know, how do you assess that going into next season? So I'll repeat it again. Xhaka, Lokonga, Erdegaard and ESR. Those are the options I've given you. Absolute dog shit, man. Absolute dog shit. Not good enough. Don't move the needle. Um, if, 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 basically, we're talking about one addition. So those six guys, yeah, were not good enough this season. And everyone else is going to improve. Everyone else around us should improve, should recruit, should strengthen. And that's how we approach this season in midfield. I have to say, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It's a catastrophe. That's a shit show, honestly. Like, there's there's no way that we could be approaching midfield like that. Not with those options. It's not good enough. It's not. We need two quality central midfield players, in my view. At least two. So and and how would you bearing in mind I've given you the numbers, Shabs? How would you how would because bearing from a numbers perspective, where there, there's enough numbers there, but obviously from a quality perspective is what you're arguing against. So would if it was down to you, who would you shift from that list I've given you? If it's down to me, uh ESR moves out of that um option because I I, I don't see ESR realistically playing games in this as an eight. Um, unless we absolutely, absolutely need to. So I think he moves out of that. So that creates a space. And um, I think there's two things. There's one of two things. Is obviously, we, we, we Tielemans is just speculation. The strong links, but we haven't officially moved for him yet. Not that we know, albeit the, the window hasn't opened yet. But yeah, he's the one who we're heavily linked for. There's a possibility that we don't go for him. Or there's a possibility that we also don't sign him. I also think there's a possibility that someone may leave. I think there's a possibility that Shaka may leave. You know, mm-hmm. for example, I think that the contract stuff, yeah, he's had a good season. I think we have to give him credit for the season gone, but I think there's a possibility that he may leave. There's interest in him. There was interest in him last summer. I don't think we should stand in his way if he does go. So I think that creates a gap of like two spaces, three if we include... Um, Smith Rowe, and I think there's an opportunity to bring in two high-quality central midfielders, higher-quality central midfielders, I believe. Okay. Um, German Dan, um, 
we are basically going through, you know, the numbers in terms of meeting Arteta's quota of 22 outfield players and three goalkeepers. So, so far, I've given um, the 11, we've gone through the defence and now we're into the midfield. So I've given the options in midfield that are available. Um, do you agree with Shab's point in terms of the quality? Obviously, from a numbers perspective, there's numbers there. But, you know, from a pure looking at just what we have available, do you agree with Shab's and, and, and what's your thoughts on, you know, what might come in? I'm concerned. I'm concerned, you know. Let me share my concern. <laughs> now I'm concerned for real. Because, <laughs> um, well, as as Shab said, the quality. I feel like this year we've we've come close to top four. Sure, um, we've missed out um, through some injuries, I believe, and not strengthening in January. Um, um, but um, we've come close. But essentially, this year we need in the summer, especially, we need to push on. And we need to make additions that, you know, significantly improve the starting lineup. Um, because we have players that I feel like are good enough to be at Arsenal, but not necessarily to start. So, for example, and this is not to slander him, you know, Xhaka has had a good season, in my opinion. He said he's had a real good season, actually, you know. So, um, but I view him that, that he shouldn't be a starter. I view him as he should be someone that is, you know, in the squad. Um, someone that we utilise game you know, based on game requirements, you know, if someone might need a rest, you utilize Zaka. I would say he should be like the third CM, maybe fourth CM. So I would I would buy someone that essentially is better than him and starts over him. This someone could be Telemans, this could be Telemans that they're identifying him. Um, but I kind of struggle, you know, to see if that is gonna if the, if he's really gonna cement that spot ahead of Xhaka. I I I, I could easily envision Xhaka being the mainstay. And Telemans being, you know, the guy that comes in and out. So, so can I can I can I push back on that point? I I feel like if we do sign Telemans, and this has obviously been the heavy midfield link, I feel, and you know, this might tie in with the point that Shab's made. I I don't think Telemans. I think you know, obviously, we're talking about we need a bigger squad next season, four competitions, um, games every three days, World Cup in the middle of the season. Obviously, we need a squad, but if everyone was fit, I actually think Arteta's. Uh, rarely does Arteta sign a, normally when he signs a guy and he spends significant money on the guy the guy goes straight into the 11 I don't think if we sign Telemans he's holding bench for Xhaka I actually don't think that I, I think he's uh, coming I mean, in as a starter I think he's coming in as a starter and I think it raises an interesting point because obviously you know we've spoken in the group about um, you know sharing games and sharing minutes next season but just looking at it from an outsider's perspective I do not think Xhaka would I don't think Xhaka sees himself as a rotation option. Put it this way. Xhaka sees himself as a, as a starting eleven. So you know. I would I would be interested and it would be a watch this space moment to see what would happen if as expected, I think it will happen if we do sign T Lemons. Because yeah, sure. I think he's being signed as a star. Bear in mind he's a starter for Belgium. He's you know, he's wrapped up however many appearances. I don't I think T Lemons is being brought in to improve the technical quality. We've spoken about how Xhaka's positioning you know, has changed since um, the formation shift. And I think Telemans is someone who will become to, com more comfortable in the half spaces, has more quality in the final third. And I think that's what he's been brought in for. Well. Um, I, I, I definitely think he has he has more um, offensive quality. Um, and where I, where I feel like Xhaka, Xhaka is like, you know, Jon Snow in a way. You think you killed him and then he's back. <laughs> he's back from the dead. And this is what I'm saying. Like, people, like I, I'm not going to write him off because I've seen it before thinking, yeah, Xhaka has done at this club and he's come back time and time again. You're thinking, ah, oh, that's selling in the summer. No boy, he's back, and he he played the most minutes out of all the CMs we had last year. So, 
I'm not going to write this guy off because I've seen it happen before, you know? And what we got to consider as well is Partey's fitness levels. Is it going to, is it, you know, is he going to be playing enough games? Is he going to even play 25 league games? Is he going to play the number of minutes, um, you know, um, and, you know, racking up to 25 league games? I'm not sure about that. Actually, yeah. I have my doubts about that. So again, yeah. Jaka is going to be, it's going to be a mainstay, I believe. And I think there could be, there could be something that Tillemans comes in, he does well, and then in some games, you know, I, I think Ateta really appreciates solidity, and this is what Jaka brings to the team. So when there's like a game where the midfield solidity is not there and Jaka didn't play, I can really easily see Jaka coming back in, bringing that solidity, and you know, Ateta sticking with that. So I think like Jaka is going to play a prominent role again next season. And for me, I think in order to improve, we need to sign, as you mentioned, two centre midfielders who I believe better than him or you know at least Tillman's level one and then another one you could actually say he's probably better than both of them you know that's how I feel with what we need to do in order to you know ease him out of rotation because he's not accepting a rotational role because he's looking at these other guys like I'm a big man for you like he's looking at Lokonga yet yeah, this guy's gonna sit on the bench of course he's gonna sit on the bench if I'm here you know he's looking at party like yeah party is sick but is he going to stay fit? So he's looking at it like himself, like, obviously, I'm the guy. Like, that's how he's looking at this team. So we have to make him look at the team like, rah, can't lie, man. You know, got a couple of men here, might have the whole bench. That's how he has to look at the team. But right now, we don't have the quality for him to even think that, you know. So as, lo as, as, long, as, we, as long as we don't have that type of quality, he will himself be very confident. And he's a leader in the dressing room, be very confident that he play a lot. So this is why I share Shabs' concerns and, like, you know, thinking of, it's a bit of a shit show because... I feel like this is a position where we need to significantly strengthen and, you know, build the depth. Because, I mean, we have the numbers, but the quality is not there in depth. Mm -hmm. If Partey comes, goes down, who's playing the six? We said El Nenny. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. What's going on? Jesus Christy. Jesus Christy. You can't be prosecuted for that. Ah, and the thing is, and, and I'm one of these guys, you know, I always argue that, yeah, I wouldn't assume everyone gets better because there's always something that kind of drops out, kind of doesn't do that well, the unexpected. Well, we can't even link Ralph and them man over there no more. Like, they, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I knew going on over there, I'm actually con a bit more concerned this year because obviously Liverpool is going to stay strong. We can, we can fairly assume that City are going to stay strong. We can fairly assume that. Um, I think Spurs looking stronger. Let's see if Conte implodes, if they maybe have something going on there. But generally, apart from, we haven't seen United's, you know, strengthening yet. And I have concerns about Ten Hag. I think he might need some adaptation. Um, I think generally Dutch managers are very like gung-ho and have like a very distinct way of playing um, that he might need, you know, that his system might get panned at the beginning and then he might have to do some adjustments. So maybe that is, yeah, so maybe there's like an opening there still for us. Um, Chelsea Tuchel I'm, I mean Tuchel is a very good manager it just depends on if they're strengthening enough and if you know the Lukaku problem is a real big problem for them and I feel mm -hmm. like you know defensively they have to do some numbers as well but I feel like they're all like in a decent position I'm not worrying about the West Ham's and Leicester's I'm worrying about the guys that we're actually competing with the actual top mm -hmm. six and I feel like these guys are all in decently decent positions really to like kick on from where they were last year as okay. including us so we have to make a you know big stride okay so ju so just for argument's sake then um and i'm gonna take i'm gonna listen to shabs and take esr out of this midfield rotation and i'm gonna add 
Tielemans in. But obviously, as I agree with you guys generally, that I would sign two centre mids. I don't think we are going to sign two centre mids because of what's happened with it on any situation. So quickly, just each of you, give me your one guy that you would sign for centre mid, if you could sign one guy. Anyone. Yeah, just anyone. No, no, no. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. That that you think real that you think realistically that we can attain. Not just anyone, because I'll be saying Frankie De Jong and he ain't coming here, bro. So yeah. just just give me a give me a realistic name. No, for me it's Bisuma. Okay. Yes, the same for me. I need Bissouma I need that physicality, I need that, you know, that press resistance, that they're able to push people up the pitch, squeeze people up the pitch. Win the ball back, you know. I feel like it's the it's the it's the yeah. his ability to win the ball back because people underestimate how important it is yeah to have someone who consistently wins the ball back for you. The better your players are at winning the ball back, the more time you spend on the ball, the more you're able to control games. As well as it's twofold, it also gives you defensive security, and defensive stability. So um people overlook that. I think Bisuma is what we need in terms of both the profile, his attributes, the skill set. Like he is a signing who is crying out for us and he's there for the taking. He's at fucking Brighton. Sign him. 30 something million. I think I think there's a deal to be done because he's even a year closer to the end of his contract. Sign him. He's there. He's got one year, yeah. Got one oh, year. Just, just 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 a disclaimer on that. Uh Let's wait till his case. We don't condone any uh, allegations. Yes. If man has done that the mad team, right. that brother needs to be chucked to the to the curb. So yeah, put him next to Mendy if he's done the mad team. I'm the first to say, hey, I'm all for. We got to protect our women out here. There's a there's a there's a serious violence problem out there. But if he, if he, yeah, you know, we I don't know I don't know the de- maybe this is my ignorance I don't know the details of that case I don't want to make this part too political I'm just saying from a footballing perspective that's my disclaimer cave profile of player that I am crying out for if not Bisuma himself is Bisuma you can see I'm doing a bit of distance in that but here we go that's him hmm. okay. and the thing is yeah as you go, as, go, as, go, as go, you go, said Sean, like Tillemans has good qualities he has deficiencies we know that. But he has good quality. So if you bring me that profile of the Basuma of a good level, like that kind of profile, if you bring me that, I would take Tillemans, you know. I'll take him, you know. 25 M's, you know, it's not it's not much for what 24, 25 year old international. It's and I think Tillemans, and I'm not the biggest fan of Tillemans, I think he's a Champions League player. He's a clearly a Champions League player. Well, he, is. Long, he should be playing for a Champions League club. Um, he could go to like you know the, the inters, the the ACs, and get some game time there. Like um, he can well, play Champions League. That's, we that's saw what Tillemans was doing at seventeen. We saw, uh, we saw, uh, I, was, I was just about to say, did you guys see that comp that was on Twitter the other day of him playing against Arsenal when he was seventeen for Anderlecht? Yeah, I was like, right, oh, this, no, this guy was saw. hooping against us where he was dunking. He was dunking on Ramsey heavy boy in that game. Remember, not killed us. Remember, it's Tillemans, Mitrovic, bro. They were they were mad on us. I was like, right. So, someone, yeah. well, there was a third player for that Anderlecht side who was young. I think Belgium, who they them three killed us. They balled out absolutely. Mm-hmm. We see, we see what we know. Tillemans level. We mm-hmm. see what he can do. He's probably been playing under his level at Leicester. To be fair, Dan, I think German Dan, you're right. He is a Champions League level player. He should be playing in the Champions League season in season out. There are worse players that play season in season out in the Champions League than him. So I don't want to. I don't want to sleep on him or mug him, but. Him on his own as a signing is uninspiring for me because okay. he's not he doesn't diversify our midfield enough in terms of yeah, what it's gotta so, be two. 
All right. So for all intents and purposes, I've just added him in there into our midfield, just just as a as as a name to say. Obviously, we're going to sign a midfielder. It might not be him. So that number has now taken us up to seventeen. So our squad is now at seventeen, seventeen players. So now we have eight spaces left, um, four to forward positions. So if I list our forwards currently as it is, we have uh, Bukayo Saka, um, we have Emil Smith Rowe, we have Martinelli, and we have Eddie Nketiah. So that takes us up to 21. Um, now, yeah, so so, so now, now, now we're up to a squad of 21. As, 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 as a collective, we can all agree that we would like to sign two forwards. How we choose to sign the two forwards, um, it remains to be seen. I think everyone's in agreement that we would like to see us sign Gabriel Jesus as one of those two forwards. So I can add him in to this list. Now, obviously, dependent on where it is um, deemed that he's going to play, I, I think his striker, Shabs, think he's going to be signed as a, as a wide player. Um, I, I, I think his striker. I do think his striker, but I yeah. think there is a... I wouldn't be surprised if we... What I meant earlier was I wouldn't be surprised if he played left wing and we also signed a certain centre-forward or a different type of centre-forward. And then we see them being used a bit more flexibly. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, I mean, I, 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 could, I could envisage it, him being used as one of the versatile options because obviously we've seen him at City used across all front three positions. So, um, similar to how we've done with the midfielders, give me one position, um, give me one name, each of you, that you would add to Jesus. Oh, snap, sorry. You know what? Someone said it. I forgot Pepe. That's your idea. No, 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 I think this was intentional. But no, do you know what? I, I forgot about him just because I, I assumed he won't be here. But for all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, okay, so you don't think I should include him, no? You don't think I should include So currently, he's going out alone. So, so for this, for the purpose of this, we, we can agree he's not going to be here next season. I shouldn't include him in the squad for this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we are seven, one, two, three, four. That's so right, coming funny though, because he ain't lied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Even someone else said Pepe, Pepito. No, sorry, bro. I forgot my man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. So yeah, give me one name, each of you. For me, Serge Gnabry. Uh, and Serge I've been, I've been heavy on the Serge Gnabry hype. I've been. I've been kind of manifesting this before the links even came. <laughs> Mum was in the group chat like, "Yo, you might come, yeah, yeah look at the cop." <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've been, I've always been a big fan of Gnabry. Um, I was hoping that he didn't um, extend his Bayern Munich contract, um, just because I felt like there might be an opening. Um, obviously, uh, I've been monitoring on transfer market the players whose contract is expiring next um, next summer. So that's one of the, that's the list that I'm always like kind of checking and thinking we can grab someone from here. So. I, Initially, I was thinking Sterling or Gnabry, they could become available in the summer. I would take both. Um, my preference is Gnabry. You know, I like, I like, I like his profile. And his profile for me is um, someone that can score a goal out of nothing, um, can shoot well off either foot. He can take his man on. I think he makes reasonable decisions. Um, and he makes a lot of good runs. So um, I think that's the type of threat that I want. I think he can play both sides. Um, so even... In some instances, Saka could be chilling on the bench one game. You know, we could play. You could be playing Gnabry right wing, ESR or Martini left wing. Like Saka doesn't have to play every game. If we have someone that is as versatile as Gnabry, you can play either side 
and even through the middle if 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 the if the requirements um you know are, are there for it. So I think that diversity, that threat that he got, and he's super super clinical. I think um if you guys have time, just go and understand, look at his XG. He like consistently outperforms his XG, not by a small margin, but a relatively big uh, margin. Um, and only the very best finishers, like the likes of like a Son, a Harry I was, Kane. I was, I, was, I was just I was just about to say so, it, 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 mirrors, it mirrors very similar similarly to Son because Son outperforms his XG every season. But that's yeah. because this guy scores ridiculous. <laughs> his yeah, finishing ridiculous is finishing ridiculous. Gnabry is very similar. Exactly. So this this is my choice, really. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure how realistic it is. Obviously, we've seen soft links, um, but this this is the choice. I feel like it could be done this summer, but it would cost. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not an accountant. I don't give a shit what the numbers are, bro. Bring that man home. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, that, that, that would be my shout. That's the guy, bro. Like, I think he's the guy to take our attack up another level. He's just a threat. Um, you know, a versatile forward who can play like Jesus. I think, you know, both him and Jesus cover all front three positions. It allows us to mix and match, like you say. Um, you can leave Saka on the bench, Martinelli on the bench. You can rotate, start one of them with, you know, Martinelli, even like Eddie. So there, there's so many different iterations you could play by signing those two. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my shout. Shabs, what about you? So, Nabry's my obvious shout. Like, if there's a chance to bring... Serge Nabry back like there's no chance I'm passing up on it like not at all and for all of the reasons that you've given for all of the reasons Dan's given um, I'm giving them um, to be different and I'm actually going to be very different here just to you know think about this in a bit of a different way as a wide option a player who I really like um, is um, Amin Gouri from Nice um, I think he's had a, I think, you know, he'd, he'd be a wide forward option. Um, there's a lot I like about him. You know, he's quite a small player. He's diminutive. He's got, you know, all of the typical, stereotypical things we say about these small players. He's technical, North African, um, originally low centre of gravity. You know, he can he, he can do the manoeuvring out of tight spaces. He's not someone that I've seen, um, like, consistently beat a man. And that's the downside for me, that's the downside for me because actually I do want a profile of an absolute 1v1 killer out there um, in the way that Gnabry can shift it quickly with his feet and just go the other way, boom, you can beat guys. Um, I've not seen him do this. I'm not saying it's beyond him, but what I really like about um, Gouri is the positions that he takes up and he looks to be quite a clinical finisher in the, in, in the box. I really like that about him. I think what I want is more goals. Um, I think he's someone, if you look at his goal-scoring numbers for the last season, I know he's playing in Ligue 1, but I think he finished quite high up the goal-scoring ranks. Um, you know, that was off the back of another uh, positive season before that in terms of goal-scoring numbers. And bear in mind, he's doing this from playing out wide. So I actually like him. He's young. Um, he's just a bit of a different option for me and a player that I've looked at, quietly, quietly watched him and seen him. And I, I quite like him. Okay. Um I, I think that's a very good option as well. Um, so if I just, so, you know, in between Jesus and either Gnabry or Guri, um, we've taken our one, two, three, four, five, six. We've taken our numbers up to 23 now. One, two, yeah, three, yeah, four, five, six. So um, so we've, we would have Saka, ESR, Martinelli, Enketia, Jesus, and one of Gnabry or Guri. On paper, 
I, I do like those options. Um, I think there's a lot of versatility there. There's a lot of different options. You could play a lot of different front frees. Um, most importantly, there's a lot of pace there. There's a big threat. What you could obviously argue and what a lot of people um, would say is that, you know, there's not a target man. And a lot of people wanted a target man initially. And a lot of people fought with the links to Tammy last summer, um, Vlahovic in Jan, Isak in Jan, um, and recently Skamaka. That, that was the sort of profile Arteta was looking for. And I thought that was the profile um, that we were looking for as well. But, you know, according to Ornstein and, and, you know, other reliable reports by all intents and purposes, Jesus is the one they want. And Jesus is a very, very different type of forward. He's an aggressive pressing forward who can carry, who can dribble, who can create. He has a very high shot volume. So it's a very, very different um, sort of threat to what we initially thought we were going to look for. Would you guys be upset if we didn't get a target man? Bearing in mind, say say we got Jesus Gnabry, how would you feel and would you be upset we didn't get a target man? I wouldn't really mind, but, you know, I, I, I can understand why some people would like, you know, a different option. But I'd be happy with those two. I can't lie to you. It, it wouldn't bother me that much. I, I, I think a different option is always helpful there are many teams there are many different setups in the in the Premier League I you know I was someone for example who felt that selling Giroud was a big mistake and a big loss because you could see the deficit in our attack against a certain type of team especially late on in games Giroud would pop up with a headed goal late on in games when teams were set up against us with a low block and I think like I'm not particularly attached to the to the player. I think he was a good player for us. I think he was undervalued and uh, under-respected for us. But um, it's more the functionality in our side. So he goes and we didn't really replace him. And I still think an element of that is missing. That said, I think a target man per se is overstated. I think, for example, City, Manchester City do not have a target man. They don't play with a target man. It, it doesn't matter. You know, what they have is our players who can combine, who can link up. Their attack is still potent. They still create, you know, they average about three key chances per game. Even Liverpool don't play with a target man either. So Even Liverpool. That was my I, next point. I, 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 I guess just to counter that, Shabs, what you could argue is that City have just bought Haaland. Obviously, he's a tall forward. He's not really a target man in the traditional sense because Haaland's you know, not really someone who's going to win a lot. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't score a lot of headers. And obviously, Liverpool are now targeting Nunes, who's another six-foot plus forward. Yeah. Could you? Uh, obviously, they, they don't fit, you know, the typical target man profile, but they are big, imposing figures themselves. Um, so that could potentially change the dynamics. Of, yeah, of I, I was about to attack. Yeah, I'll, I'll let and first, yeah, yeah and, and for me, I think they're good examples, but again, they're not target man. And we were talking about Nunes earlier in the group chat, and I was, um, you know, someone was making a point about back to goal. I don't think it's about back to... I don't think you need to have a good back-to-goal game. I think what you need in the Premier League is lots of physicality, lots of intensity, lots of high-volume sprints, good first touch, and the ability to bring other players into play. We saw Lacazette be effective at times in the season. Bar his, go his goals, or lack of goals is a big issue, but there were many other things about his game which we saw him being effective. And I wouldn't say Lacazette's someone who, who is amazing in terms of a back-to-goal game. For me, it's about bringing other, um, being able to bring your teammates into play and being able to be fluid and unpredictable in that attack from a focal point perspective. And I also want to um, kind of further illustrate the point with Chelsea, who did sign Lukaku, who is a kind of target man, and that didn't work. 
that didn't work for them. Not last season, it didn't. Maybe in, you know, the seven games where he got his goals, but in the majority of other games, it also didn't work. So I would be careful about settling for a target man per se. For me, it's more about a striker who's able to, who, who's not one-dimensional. Don't want a one-dimensional striker. I want a striker who's able to have different elements to his game and bring others into play, link play well, hold the ball up well when needed, but be a presence in the box, get on the end of things. That's ultimately where I want my strikers. I rate you most if you score goals. Yeah, see, and, and this is this is where um this is where I, I get why a lot of people are very hype on Eddie. Um, but for me, I look at the conception of the team. I'm looking at Jesus and Eddie as similar strikers, in my opinion. Um, similar strikers. I like diversification um, in terms of your profiles, um, you know, ticking certain boxes. And I feel like the second option um, off the bench or even starting, you know, uh, at sometimes should be someone that is a physical nuisance. Whether this is a, a, a more static target man, a la Giroud, or a mobile target man, a la, you know, um, Nunes, you know, just as an example. There, there's got to be a player in the team, in my opinion, brings that physicality and I think Skamaka we've, we've you know touched on could be potentially bringing that physicality he's like he's tall he's fast he's strong I've seen him in a few games now I just feel like that sort of diversified threat is important and if you look at the way City and Liverpool are like expanding their team right now they're looking for this type of threat as well because this is where football is heading this is all the strikers on the market whether you like them or not whether they're scoring or not the big ones are these are this is the type of striker you know, so it's going into that direction. And I think we shouldn't be left behind. We should still be looking, ideally, for Jesus, Gnabry, and then this type of striker, in my opinion. I think you can never, I say, I say you can never, you, you can have enough talent, but I feel like we need to be able to, you know, diversify the talent that we have. And um, they all need to be of high quality and be able to contribute. So for me, I'm kind of looking at it like, hmm. I hope Eddie can really kick on next season, but I, I kind of feel like Jesus is going to play and because Eddie doesn't really, you know, bring a different dimension to the game. Um, unless Jesus is really struggling, he's not going to get that many minutes in the league. He's going to be playing in the Europa League. He's going to play be playing in the League Cup. And if there's a different player that brings a different type of threat, I think we'd see that player more often in the league because I, I for the life of me, cannot envision that I'd sign in Jesus for nearly 50 M's and then, you know... Putting him on the wing for Eddie at times, you know, I just feel like it's, that's not going to happen. I think they're promising Jesus centre forward through the middle. That's how they're pitching it to him. That's how I envision it. So I feel like that second striker got to be a different threat in order to see him more often. One, and then two, you know, contribute greatly. Um, so I, I just kind of feel that way, but I don't think we will be moving for anyone. Um, I just think their plan is now Jesus and Eddie, and. Um, you know, as a second plan, probably that that wide forward or Martinelli at times could play for the middle or something like that. But I would like more, um, um, realistically. I get you, and I, and I, and I think that's that's very much a, a valid concern in terms of the diversity, knowing how much at times we can cross the ball as well. I mean, obviously, I have to make it clear. Sometimes you don't have to be the tallest to win headers in the box. You know, I've seen Jesus score a lot of headers at City. You know, and he's not someone you classify as. Uh, good a, you know, uh, yeah. So. Um, and obviously they bring different skill sets to, to traditional target men. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how, you know, uh, obviously the window actually still doesn't open for another two days, um, how, how we diversify the threat offensively up front. So it's one to watch. Um, we're going to close in a second, but I've just realised we brought the number up to 23. 
So there are actually still two squad spaces left and we filled it, you know, with, uh, we've, you know, covered at least two per position, but here's some wild cards I'm going to throw to you guys. You've got two squad places. What, what do you do? How do you do it? So bearing in mind, we, we've, you know, if we go through goalkeepers, we've got three, two left backs, two right backs, four centre backs. We've got, I think, six, seven midfielders, six, six midfielders. Um, that could be open to, to change. We've got ESR Martinelli for the left. We've got Jesus, um, just for argument's sake, Jesus and Eddie through the middle and Gnabry and Saka on the right. So we've covered two for each position, at least in within the whole squad. But if you were to do something different with the two remaining squad spaces, what would you do? I mean, I have a feeling Arteta might just end up filling it with one or two youngsters, um, you know. But how I want another, as I said, I want an, an additional attacker because okay. again, I like the profile of Jesus and I can imagine him banging. But that Jesus is also a bit of an unknown quantity, you know, in terms of striker, in terms of how many numbers he's going to get. I need the security, bro. I'm not trying to be in Europa League next year, bro. Man, <laughs> fuck. I'm not trying to be, bro. <laughs> I need oh, a firepower, man. I, 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 so you, okay. So another striker. Anything else? You've got two. Or would you promote a youngster, or just would you go again? I can't. Got twenty-five. The youngsters, like, I think. Well, who? Obviously, I was never for the defenders. Who? Who did we say right back? Uh, well, I mean, we we said we would like. You know, we said we would like something. Um, but it depends whether Arteta chooses to go with Brook. Or, you know, obviously Cedric is there or whether he, he might use White or Saliba out there on occasion as well to try and recreate the Tommy Yasu role. So um, from a purely numbers perspective, you could do it. But what we were arguing against was that, you know, our first two choice fullbacks are injury prone. So, you know, we don't want a situation with what happened this season, you know, where there's such a big drop in level when Tini and Tommy Yasu aren't there. So, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, because I really liked what I've seen from the Anne Norton Coffee. Mm. I like the idea of bringing, yeah, rather than, I think Amari Hutchinson is going to, I know, in any way, I think I saw something about Reading. I think yeah. bringing Norton, Norton Coffee to closer to the first team, let him have minutes. And I, I'm confident that very, very click, quickly people will see he's better than Cedric. So Cedric mm. will get less minutes. I mean, uh, <laughs> physically you know. alone, we know he's better than Cedric. Yeah, he's, so. he, for an 18 year old, the guy looks, he's got that sort of, you know, similar sort of like Reese James build where you don't take no, you know, Kyle Walker, he's going to swat you off the ball. Um, obviously yeah, it's a like big jump in the level, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if we did that basically gave him a squad I, space. Yeah. I think for me, it's striker and, um, um, Norton Cuffey. Okay. Shabs. For me, it depends because did you, have you already included Ainsley Maitland-Niles? No, remember we kicked him. We, yeah. we said we, right. we said he's he's not he's not got a space. We're assuming yeah, because he's out of contract yeah. next summer, he's going. A, a player like Ainsley was my ideal. Ainsley would be player twenty-four for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's because of the a I like him. B it's the versatility that he offers us in terms of being able to um, cover a number of spaces to a competent level a number of positions. So if not him, he's gone a player who can offer us that in a kind of defensive midfield uh, zone and space and probably around the same age profile. And then for me, age profile is a big thing. And I would bring in, a. I think one another thing that we lacked as well as um, quality off the bench, uh, squad depth, we lacked a bit of experience. 
And, you know, I'm not talking about, yeah, all right, Shaka's an experienced player, Partey fine, but Partey was missing, whatnot. But we lacked a bit of experience. I want, I want, um, like, I, I don't want to compare us to Tottenham in any way, but, like, and Perisic, the player, this is not really about my thoughts on him as a player, but in terms of him being a player who is experienced, who has played at a high level, who has won lots of things in the game of football and whatnot, I think there's a probably an understated impact um, that he's going to have an influence that he's going to have on the squad being an older player. I'm not saying I want to go as old as him, like 32, 33, not saying that. I'm not saying he, wants to, he needs to be in that position, but I will bring in an experienced player who is also ready to, um, you know, offer us something meaningful. I'm not talking about this Lick Steiner deals and the, that fucking bullshit there. I'm, I'm sick of that. I've seen it. I've like we've, we've, we've suffered enough. But someone who, you know, is not looking to start every game because still offer us things when we need to rely on him and we'll be reliable, but also we'll have the quality. I need that. I, I, yeah. saw, I saw someone say we might need another cam, and I'm I'm kind of thinking if Udegaard goes down, kind of thing. I've seen Saka play through the middle at ten. I think he, he, I think that will be, and you know, a good a good alternative. And obviously, ESR can play through the middle as well. So I think we will cover in that position. To be honest, yeah. uh, you, you see me, you, you know me. I'm a vibes <laughs> merchant in it. I'm I'm, bro, I'm all bro. about the aesthetics, bro. So bro. you know, where you I can say, sneak. Right turkey. <laughs> Brother, where, where I can, where, you know me, where I can sneak in another technician, I'm a sneak in another technician, bro. That's why I, that's partly why I've come round on Telemans, you know. So, you know me, I'm, brother, none, uh, of course, I will take our, of course, like, listen, I'm looking at City, yeah, with Gundo, with KDB, with Silver, Gundo, too cold as well. I can't lie, I'll take Gundo. Huh? I'll take Gundo. I'm taking Gundo, bro. Oh, I don't give a damn. I will take Gundo. I will uh, take Gundo. Is Gundo oh, I'm for sale? Him. I saw him yesterday on England's head top. Yeah, is, is he available? I think he's um one year he's left, but he's, one year left, and he wants to leave. He's gonna extend. They're gonna extend him. I will take Gundo. Gundo's exactly the type of player who I'm talking about when I say the experience. Like Gundo's won it. He's won lots of things. Like he could come and offer that. Mid- like in fact, if I take Gundo. Gundo starts for me in my midfield. Like I've seen what he's doing. I've seen what he's doing. He's been doing some stuff. He's starting. What? And he's getting up the other end and screw. We know him as a deep line playmaker. He's getting up the other end and screwing goals for fun. Decisive he's, he's goals. Picking up some nice passes last night as well. Like you know, he played. He played against Premier League players, well, Rice and um, Phillips, and and then Bellingham in the end as well. He, you know, they couldn't really get near him. I think he looked a bit tired, 70th minute. But a lot of the players looked tired. They all had a long season, right? So he he looked. He looked cold. First half, he looked cold. And then up until 60th minute, he was still balling. Then he kind of faded towards like the end. And then he was like, he was getting subbed. But Gundo, I think, is a good option. Someone messaged me, um, Harry, one of the listeners. Uh, shout out, Harry. He is saying we should discuss with Charleston. But I, I'll, I'll go first. And I kind of feel like the Charleston would have been a decent option to explore had Everton gone down. But they're still in the league, innit? So, but yeah, what, what do you I might think? I, I, I like Richarlison. However, you, you know, part of the reason I don't think we would end up signing like three Brazilians, like and it, so you, you know, all these guys are com- you got to remember all these guys are competing against each other for Brazil as well. So mm. Martinelli's trying to get into the squad and then having like Jesus who can play up top but also on the left, and then Richarlison who can play yeah, up top but point. also on the left. It doesn't it, it doesn't go in like you know someone's going to suffer. So I, I don't I don't see that. I think yeah, I, I think if, if we didn't sign Jesus, I could I I, I could you know put forward a case for Richarlison. But I think once you're signing Jesus. 
it puts pay to someone like a Richarlison personally. It would be one or the other there. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think I think that's a natural segue to, to leave it there for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed our 22 plus three um, in terms of highlighting how Arteta can pad out his squad. Um, transfer window opens on Friday. We've got Patreon content coming on Tielemans, on Jesus, and possibly Skamaka. So, yeah, do subscribe. Do do um, yeah, do tell a friend to tell a friend. We're going to be releasing a lot of content over the summer. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, and yeah, if you're not a Patreon member, we'll catch you next week, Wednesday, for the next pod. Peace. Bless. Bless. Could have had that fight, but I'm gonna walk on site. Man, I have to grab that mic. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, you're gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's foul. Man, I'm That's the response of Arsenal. Across the line. Score for my team in the time I play. Where better know when man's in the Chelsea. Chelsea. Lost their focus in the joy of equalizing. But I won't see you right. Man, could have had that fight. Sports Social Podcast Network.